The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Being an environmentalist without being a vegan is like being a philanthropist who doesn't give to charity. The inimitable Howard Lyman, the mad cowboy, rancher-turned-environmentalist vegan and altogether fabulous guy, said that quite some time ago, and it's just as true today. And the reason that I wanted to use that quotation as the lead-in for today's program is that both my guests on today's episode are going to the ends of the earth to save our earth. Hi, everybody. This is Victoria Moran, and welcome to the Main Street Vegan Podcast. You know, we are the spiritual and spirited vegan podcast, and so happy to have you as part of it with us today. So after the break, we're going to be speaking with Tracy West. She'll be joining us from the UK, where she runs a fascinating environmental organization called Word Forest. And right now, I'm going to be talking with somebody a lot closer to home for me right here in the Great Big Apple, and he is Eric Castro. Eric is a born and raised New Yorker, <laughs> making it easier to live and eat a plant-based lifestyle in New York City. He is one of the creators and creative director of Eat Plantega, and he became the creator and operator of How to Be Vegan in the Hood. <laughs> Welcome, Eric. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. How's and so it going? What part of town are you in? Uh, so I'm born and raised in Queens, but I recently moved to New Jersey. Okay, <laughs> so that's cool. I'm right over the water now, but I'm in the city almost every single day. Oh, yeah, and New Jersey counts, and you've got that wonderful view. You see more of Manhattan than people do in Manhattan. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that is very – I actually never really thought about that, but that, that is really true. Yeah, well, and it's uh, it's all in the family, and the wonderful thing, of course, nowadays, it really is a world family. With everything being on, on Zoom and on Skype, we're just uh, communicating around the world and getting these wonderful ideas across. So you have most recently been part of this really interesting project that 
put specific vegan foods into a couple of trial bodegas. So tell us all about that. Yeah, so I'm a part of something called Eat Plantega. Uh, it's honestly a, a huge blessing. What we're doing is just making it more convenient for people to eat plant-based uh, meals uh, in their local communities, in places that you wouldn't really expect to find uh, you know, vegan burgers and cheeses and uh, dairy items. Where we, we know how important uh, New York City bodegas are for New Yorkers, especially you know, being on the go and uh, not having the access that everyone else does. Uh, so we decided to, instead of opening a, a, a regular store somewhere, why don't we just put these plant-based options in places where people are familiar and uh, just make it more convenient for them uh, to make these choices. So the question that always comes up is, but yeah, the the vegan options always cost a little more and sometimes even more than a little more. So is that something that you had to struggle with? Um, luckily, you know, we have uh, great people on our team. Uh, Neil Zacharias, he, he, he's an amazing man and he definitely has been a huge, huge uh, help to getting us where we are now and we're able to provide these products at a price that is usually lower than your regular supermarket. Uh, maybe not every single item, but a lot of our items are under retail. So, for example, we have you know Beyond Burgers for four fifty. We have Tofurky for three and change. So there's there's items that some supermarkets will carry for seven eight dollars, but you can pick up at a Plantega location for only three or four bucks. Um, and it, it's an amazing thing. These companies are working directly with us. Uh, they see our vision. They, they know how impactful this can be for the communities, for the business owners, for the planet. Uh, so it, it's a win-win all around. Um, so we've been getting tremendous support. Uh, and with that support comes you know, having the cost down for these items. That's great. So is the, I know the initial project was going to end right about now or soon. So what has the response been? Yeah, so we did a three-month uh, pilot just to see exactly, you know, will this concept work? How would people respond? You know, does this work for bodegas uh, in particular? Um, and we've done so, so great. And like I said, everyone's been happy all around that uh, we decided we we're going to be moving to expanding this uh, to 2021. Not sure exactly where, uh, which field we want to expand in yet whether it's locations, whether it's products, whether it's, you know, just getting more people on board to figure uh, things out. Uh, but we do have some uh, goals to expand this year. You know, the business owners give us great feedback. We get uh, direct messages on, on our socials uh, from people purchasing these items saying, hey, I used to have to travel five miles just to get a vegan mayo. And now I can walk right down to my local bodega, my, you know, local corner store and have this item here. So, you know, I feel like it's it's been a blessing all over the board, and you know, I'm excited to see what this year has for us. Oh, that's beautiful. So, I don't know how many items are are in the pilot. Are there too many for you to list them all? Could you just list some? Yeah, yeah, I can list some. So we have like Beyond Burgers, Just Egg. We have uh, Pan's Mushroom Jerky, Tofurky. We have uh, Follow Your Heart Cheese, No Evil Meats. Uh, I mean, the list goes on, you know, nut pods and loopy bars. So we, we have, you know, a, a lot of items, a lot of plant-based items that people are familiar with. And 
uh, other items that maybe some New Yorkers aren't familiar with. Uh, but the feedback has been great all around. It's 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 kind of one of those things that is almost too good to be true because there's not really anything negative or bad about you know what we're doing, how we're doing it. So you know we're we're, we're excited to continue expanding and seeing what other products we can get on board. But you know uh, the, the list is pretty long for for our, our uh, three month pilot. Well, that that is very cool, and you've also got products from so many companies you know i think out in the regular business world it's all competition competition oh don't do that you'll be in with the competition <laughs> but i think in the plant-based world we just all want this to happen so much that everybody is out there supporting everybody else and the kind of competition thing maybe doesn't go away completely but it's certainly eased do you see yeah, that? That's, that that that's definitely true I, I i see it a lot with all with all the companies we're working with um I, I've did other projects out of the vegan uh, uh, world a few years back, and I, I can honestly say the vegan scene definitely supports each other, um, and, and it's a blessing. It's you know we're all fighting the same fight in different ways. Um, yeah. So you know yeah. whenever we can help each other out, you know sharing lives and you know sharing things on socials. Uh, I recently did something with Miyoko's a, a few weeks back, and you know everyone just is helping each other out, put the word out there, you know. Uh, and, and it's, it's, you know, a, a really good time to, to, to be alive in New York city you after know, this whole uh, pandemic. Wow. What, what a beautiful thing to hear. Cause I think for the past year, we've pretty much heard, Oh God, what a terrible time. <laughs> and no question. I mean, with the pandemic yeah. and you know, the, the murder of George Floyd and I mean, so many things we've, we've been through recently that have been so difficult and yet, it really is a wonderful time to be alive because so many of these great things are just bubbling under the surface. And once we can get through the pandemic, I just think we're going to come out there into the, the sunlight. Now, I want to ask you a little bit of a devil's advocate question. I know that you mentioned Beyond Burgers, and yesterday, I think most people are aware, you know, Beyond did this um, joint venture with, with PepsiCo, and the stock just went crazy, and, you know... That's wonderful for vegan business and, and saving the planet and the animals and all of that. But there are a lot of people in the plant-based world who, who are not as happy with uh, <laughs> all these <laughs> wonderful foods because they're processed. So I don't know if you've heard that argument, if you get that argument, but how can we all coexist and save um, the planet and eat what we want to eat, you know, whether that, whether somebody wants to mostly eat kale or mostly eat Beyond Burgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's honestly a great question. And I think, uh, you know, items like this, they're – people make a huge, um, you know, idea of, you know, this is a process thing. You shouldn't be eating it. And, yeah, I totally agree. It, it is it's a, a, a process item. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think, uh, you know, Beyond Meat or regular beef, I don't think we should be eating burgers every day. Um, so that's, you know, one thing. I eat all these things in, in moder moderation, uh, which is most important. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge stepping stone. I've helped over 100 people go plant-based. And, you know, Beyond Meat played a huge role in that. It, it, it comes to a point where, you know, it's like I want to eat uh, a burger, but I – never eat a quinoa growing up. I don't eat black beans often. So that's where Beyond Meat can step in and say, hey, we have your flavors and textures and, you know, slowly uh, 
stop eating meat. And um, from there, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great stepping stone. It's a great uh, item to have here and there. Um, my fridge is I stock with it. Whenever I have get togethers, you know, that's something we, we definitely uh, cook on the grill or, or here in the kitchen. Uh, but yeah, just like everything else in life, it's all about moderation. You don't want to consume too much of anything. Yeah, and I know with Beyond, not not to be advertising Beyond, but they've just come up with another version that's lower in saturated fat. Still, I mean, it's always been lower than uh, a beef burger, but now there's a version that's lower than a regular Beyond burger. So there's pretty much something for everything. And I think the way that people transition, if somebody wants to be plant-based, wants to be vegan, and they're the kind of person who's out there eating, you know, salad with some salmon, they're going to be a person who has salad with some tofu. But if there's somebody who's been having burgers and burritos and, you know, chili cheese dogs and whatever else, then they're going to want to transition a little bit more that way. And it's still going to be better all the way around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I totally agree people, with that. And Sorry? I just and then it gives people the freedom to be who they are. You know, we don't, we don't want to be the plant police. So, you, you've <laughs> yeah, that is a, true. A, that is true. And I, I always like to to just remind people that you know where we are with with with, with uh, you know veganism. It's think about where we were ten years ago, twenty years ago, compared to where we are today. Um, you know, we have these things that you know these mock meats that taste amazing, and you know. I, I'm, I'm sure there's certain people that kind of want to stay away from the processed things and things in that nature. But where can another two years bring this product? Where can another five years bring this product? We have to start somewhere. We have to just continue working on improving. And I think we we improve the flavor and taste aspect of these mock meats. And like what you just said, Beyond Meat coming out with something that's a, a, a healthier version of their last product. You know, if they continue that same pattern you know, maybe a year from now, maybe six months from now, uh, you know, these things will be a lot more healthier and, you know, maybe not give people that, that kind of scare of, I'm not sure if I should eat this. And, uh, but I'm happy where all these products are right now. Um, like I said, I, I used to own a, a vegan restaurant here in New York city and beyond meat was, was a big, a, a big thing. A lot of people will come up to me and say, Hey, I used to eat beyond burgers at your establishment. Uh, help me go plant-based. And now I am, you know, feeling amazing. I eat burgers whenever there's get togethers, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always eating greens and vegetables and, you know, so it plays a huge role. There's, you know, people here, especially in New York city that don't grow up eating a lot of these vegetables. So it's, it's going to be very difficult for you to say, Hey, put that, you know, cheeseburger down and grab this quinoa burger with mushrooms in it. And, you know, that right there, I don't, I don't think it's gonna, uh, you know, help the change for that people need. You are a very practical man. So let's let's go <laughs> to one of uh, another. Uh, I know we've got the Eat Plantega. That's that's getting the the vegan foods in the bodegas, which is fantastic. But you started even before that. You were doing how to be vegan in the hood. So tell us all about that. Yeah. So um, I started how to be vegan in the hood. I had a friend of mine who was constantly telling me, like, stop eating chicken, go vegan, go vegan. Uh, the only vegan uh, buddy I had at the time. Um, and I just never understood it. I didn't understand why would I, like, why would I want to stop eating what I'm eating now if everything tastes amazing. Um, and I thought I felt good. 
so he helped me go plant plant based. I was actually pescatarian for uh, almost two years. Um, then I went plant based, and I noticed uh, a huge difference in everything. Uh, so instead of verbally telling people I knew what I was eating, because everyone just made the assumption that I eat salad, dirt, drink only water, and <laughs> things like that, I decided to like, hey, I'm not gonna just like verbally tell you how I'm making these changes. Let me, you know, show you guys how I do it. Uh, so I started the Instagram and I just started posting things I would eat. I would start posting, uh, restaurants I would go to. And then little by little, um, I believe I had a, a interview with NPR and that really made me realize like, wow, this is a lot more impactful than I thought. I made this from my friends, but you know, I have people messaging me all across the country now, like, Hey, I'm going to the state. Where should I eat? How do I cook tofu? And you know, people that I wouldn't really know about plant-based or veganism and messaging me for help. And I'm like, I kind of felt like it was my duty. Like there's really not anybody out there that a lot of people can relate to, uh, to make these changes. So I should just do it. And I just continued fighting the fight. And, uh, now I'm here. (laughs) So is Instagram your biggest platform for that? Yeah. Instagram is, I have a Facebook, I have a Twitter uh, but I do everything on Instagram. I was working on the on the uh, the blog section of the website uh, earlier this year, but with Plantega, I wanted to just put that aside for a bit, just focus on Plantega. I, I know this is going to be good for hundreds and thousands of people, so that's my main focus right now. Uh, but yeah, that's social wonderful. wise, it's, it's uh, Instagram. And that's how to be vegan in the hood. Yeah, how to be right? vegan in the hood. All spelled out. Okay, okay. You're gonna tell us how many followers you have. Um, yeah, I have a forty kids. Oh, that's wonderful. That's uh, what a All nice right. family. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is our last episode of the Main Street Vegan Program for January for the first month of 2021, which is hard to believe because it still nice. kind of feels like 2020, but not <laughs> not completely. Yeah, that's true. Um, so um, it's still time to talk about resolutions or at least goals and plans for this year. So what are you looking at for the year going forward? Um, to be honest, this is going to get a little personal, but for me, uh, resolution-wise is organization. Um, I, I can create ideas all day long and think of ways that we can better the planet, myself, friends, and family. Um, but teaming up with the FEC partners uh, really made me realize that organization plays a bigger role than I thought. You know, I was, I've been a pretty organized uh, over the past few years, but working uh, with Chris Chamberlain, Neil Zacharias, and the whole EFFECT team really made me realize that you know, organizing myself down to the T, every, everything, uh, just makes the job easier. Uh, and I think that's something I'm personally going to be doing, uh, this year. And then on top of that, just, you know, getting my exercise in, trying not to, uh, spend too much mental time thinking about, uh, you know, coronavirus and everything else that's happening, you know, keeping it on the back of my head, but, you know, trying to still live and move forward for sure. Oh, that's so cool. So with your organizing, everybody's fascinated with organizing because I, <laughs> I think we, we all want to be more organized, except maybe Marie Kondo, who might want to be a little bit less organized. But so so what are you doing? What what, what are your plans? Are, are Is it more about papers and calendars or is it just about everything your whole life? Um, it's honestly about just using the calendar for everything. Um 
I, I've, I've always used it for just work purposes, but now like my entire life goes on the calendar. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also using the super old school techniques that I learned from Chris at Effect using sticky notes everywhere. So my office is filled with sticky notes. Uh, that, that's been a big help. But for me, just, just using the calendar, making sure I have the self-discipline to make sure I execute everything I put on my table. Um, like I said, I, I love to create and it's every business I've had before anything plant-based um, was all about creating. So I, I, I enjoy that aspect, but um, definitely organizing myself would help all these uh, creations be executed properly. Well, I think that's so important for so many of us in the vegan world because we have so many ideas popping. I don't know if it's the food we eat that does this or maybe <laughs> just the, the kind of pressure of, you know, things are pretty serious. We can't really take a day off or not two yeah. days. And, and yeah, yeah, so yeah, there, there's so many things. Like I feel sometimes like my life is a 16-lane highway, and it, <laughs> they're all going pretty well, but sometimes I have to change lanes and – change two or three lanes and it gets a little yeah. little confusing so what what i've done is I've, I've got the online calendar but i also just this year invested in paper planners again because i used to love the the franklin planner like back in the nice. 90s and the early 2000s but then when i moved to new york and i'd be carrying this thing around and and people that don't live in new york just I don't know what it's like that you're you're carrying your gym shoes and your your big heavy yeah. planner and your computer. It's it's a lot. So I I just went all online, but I find it so interesting to also have the paper. And they've got a thing now where they're they're just little like notebooks per month. So for each month you get two glory each day you get two glorious pages where you can put down what you're going to do and your daily tracker and hour to hour and then a whole big page for notes. And just the fact that I've got that to kind of spill over onto you know it gives you that kind of organizing happy which is a happy in its own space. You know there's all kinds of happy but organizing happy is definitely one. Yeah, that's 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 super true, and and you you hit it right on the head when you said uh, a lot of people don't know how hard it is to just carry all these things that you want to in New York. Um, as soon as you said uh, you know paper uh, planner, that was my first thought. Like, oh, I would love to, but I'm always on the go. Um, but hearing that there's a monthly one, that that is a huge game changer. I feel like that it's would make it a lot wonderful. more convenient for everyone yeah. in New York to walk around with a paper planner. Exactly. It's from Franklin Covey. Remember Stephen Covey wrote that uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I have that and, one. Yeah, it's called the Compass Planner. And I'm I'm feeling it now. I would say it probably weighs about seven ounces. <laughs> and it's not nice. heavy. It's really, really cool. Yeah, it's, it's funny. People get together and talk about organizing. I think it's like people who get into knitting or golf or something it's like their own little world but yeah, happy yeah, yeah. World. I, so, I always knew the importance of it but not to keep repeating myself but you know joining effect partners is, it's been a huge plus for me and you know being with these uh amazing individuals that you know are really striving every single day to help people that they don't know and you know creating these ideas for a better tomorrow it's it's such a beautiful thing, and you know the only way that they can accomplish all of this is being like really organized, and it just saves time, it saves headache, it's 
it's a huge plus. I've like I said, I've I've been organized, but not to this extent. And I feel like it's honestly even helped me with my mental clarity of understanding of, you know, not being there like, oh, what do I have to do today? And, you know, look at the calendar, see what I have to do for work, but forgetting I have to bring my little one to ballet and, you know, my wife has a dentist appointment. So like everything goes on this. I know exactly what I need to do, but I love the fact that you mentioned the little book and I, I wrote it down. I'm going to definitely order one after this, uh, this call for sure. Well, then we, we will be two people on earth who do something on paper. But you know what I'm finding? A lot of, of young people, I, I don't know how old you are, but you have all those followers on Instagram, so I presume you're like 30. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, 31. Okay. See, I was very close. I should get a job at a carnival. But I, I'm hearing, particularly from young women, like, I got myself engraved note cards and they say it really quiet. Like don't let anybody hear except I'm really <laughs> glad I did. So I think a little bit of that, like I've been using this hashtag bring back class because I just think it's so important. You know, we need it. We, we kind of crave it. You know, for yeah. a long time I've said, if, if you're going to be making a green smoothie in the morning, why not put it in a stemmed goblet instead of a plastic superhero cup from the Taco Bell? I mean, it doesn't take any longer, but mm-hmm. it just makes you that feel better. That is, <laughs> so that is somebody, true. That is true. Somebody just texted me, and we only have a minute to go, but they said, ask him how he got all those followers. Well, obviously, because you post really good <laughs> stuff, but could you could you quickly give an answer or two to that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the, the the best way what I tell people, because I, I do social media consulting like on the side. I used to do it a, a lot last year. Um, but honestly, it's just being consistent. F- find what works for you and just be consistent at it. At it. You know, stay true to yourself. Um, and yeah, that that's for me. I, I feel like any other advice, I'll kind of just kind of sound like a little phony. But for me, just be consistent. You have to, you know, stay true to what you're what you're doing right now try everything out. If you're new, you don't have a big following yet. Try everything out. Cause you can fail a ton of times when no one's looking at you. Uh, so try something out, keep notes, see what's, what's working there. Try something else out. Um, but yeah, you just have to just stay true to yourself, you know, put the best content you can put out. Don't worry about the quality of it. Just whatever you have at this very moment, use what you have until you, you can get some more. Uh, don't pay attention to the likes. That's another okay. important thing. Oh, well, I like you and you and you have brilliant energy. Thank you so much, Eric Castro. Uh, we'll put the contact at, on our show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. Eat Plantega on Facebook yeah. and Instagram and also on Instagram, Vegan in the Hood. Thanks so much. And everybody stay with us. Oh, how to be vegan in the hood. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Got it. All righty. Bye-bye. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. 
Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Main Street Vegan program. It's always such a pleasure to have you here and know that you're devoting an hour of of your life to listening to us and maybe you're also getting errands done or you're on the treadmill or walking your dog or driving your car but wherever you are we are so so grateful that you are with us if you happen to be a new listener or if you haven't visited mainstreetvegan.net in a while i invite you to do that there's all kinds of great stuff going on there especially Main Street Vegan Academy. I am probably proudest, second only to my wonderful daughter, Adair, of Main Street Vegan Academy because it has put so far 500 certified vegan lifestyle coaches and educators from 31 countries out into the world doing amazing things. Some are coaching, some are teaching, writing, podcasting, and others have started businesses of all kinds. So do take a look at that if you want to take your vegan outreach to the next level. That is at MainStreetVegan.net, where our blog this week is from Selena Shaw, and it's it's about being vegan in a Brazilian steakhouse. Hmm. <laughs> Have a read. Enjoy. And I know you're going to enjoy our next guest. I'm completely taken with her already, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation. She is Tracy West, an optimistic environmentalist. You don't find a lot of those. And an author, broadcaster, and passionate advocate for simple green living. In 2009, she penned the Book of Rubbish, Ideas on Ways to Reduce Your Rubbish, Keep More Money in Your Pocket, and Be More Sustainable, and it sold out. And some years back, the ecologist named her as one of the top 100 positive influencers. And for the past four years, she has been CEO of the international reforestation charity that she co-founded, the Word Forest Organization. Hey, Tracy, welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. Victoria, what a lovely welcome. You are such a, I tell you what, that last interview was amazing, and I'm so excited about our discussions. (laughs) Well, there's so many wonderful things going on in the world. I know that the not wonderful stuff gets most of the airtime, and so that's what we focus on. And certainly there are plenty of problems to solve, and we're going to be talking about a great big problem to solve. But I think when we come at it with with this power and passion, then, you know, we can do the work on the hard stuff and, and still keep what you said, an optimistic attitude. So tell us about you first and then about what you do. Um, yeah, so what am I? I'm I'm mama three. Um, I I'm a writer. I love writing. I think I was born with a pen in my hand, which must have irritated my mother greatly. Um, 
you were talking about the dark times and difficult things. Whenever I have those, I find myself reaching for a pen and just writing out the darkness. I think if I had to kind of label myself as anything, it's it's a writer. Writing writing is wonderful. It's a it's cheaper than gin and chocolate, that's for sure. <laughs> and so you have not always had the world's easiest life. Let let's start from the very beginning. There there were some parental issues when you were growing up. Absolutely. Yeah. I um so my earliest childhood memories are of having an alcohol dependent mum, which was really, really challenging. But you know what? At the time you don't realise that it's it's just your norm, you know, it's just your normal, it's your normal home. So when my brother and I would go downstairs to have whatever we had for cereal for breakfast, mum would reach for a Bacardi and she'd pour it into a glass and put just enough Coca-Cola in it to turn it brown. We just thought that was how most houses started the day. Um, And obviously, as we got older, you know, all of the stuff rolled out about addiction and how it was and how, how we were looked after and treated it it wasn't the best situation um funnily enough she died on my 40th birthday and when she did I sat down in front of a computer and I just put child of alcoholic in to the computer and up popped this amazing little charity called NACOA which uh, is the National Association for Children of Alcoholics and I connected with them and actually ended up uh, volunteering with them for 10 years to, and, and I tell you what, it put light on my darkness. It really did. So, yeah, that was a challenging start in life. Um, but, you know, I've, I've got to find something good to do with the bad stuff because to, to have had it and to have wasted it just by ignoring it, that would have been the absolute crime. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That would have been the crime. And was there a way in which that affected your attitude towards food? Oh, I mean, Definitely. It actually, it wasn't so much that it affected my attitude towards food, but, you know, when you're eight, nine, ten years old, you have no control over your life. And so my the only thing I could do to take control of where my day was going was was with bulimia. Sadly, that was my that was my lean on. And um, yeah, it was the only form of control I felt I had. And I kind of had that as my my dear friend for way too many years way 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 too many years once mom had gone I was um, married by then and uh, as it transpired the person I was married to was a a really nasty bully Um, and uh, yeah so I had another handful of stuff to deal with and you know bulimia just rolled with me all through that time as well so I kind of had a, a pretty unhealthy relationship with food and it just was always difficult to know quite what I could lean on you know I didn't smoke I didn't do drugs so food food was the one thing and and then when he went oh man my entire life changed and I found my soulmate and that was a blissful a blissful change in my world and when I stopped abusing the you know my my body and the way it should run and work and you know behave um I, uh, yeah, I just kind of, I left, I gave my body a break and I said, you know what, just, it's good. You're all good here. You've got control back in your life. You're strong, you're able, you're amazing. You can write, you can stay, rise above all of these things. Look at all the challenges you've risen above. 
And um, then my body went, that's okay, we'll roll with that. But do you know what? It put an extra few pounds on my thighs. And I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. good <laughs> with that. I think my body will always say, do you know what? Just in case, I'm just going to hang on to a bit extra. So I come with a little bit extra and I'm good with that. I'm in charge Aww. of me and I love me. That's a beautiful, beautiful story because I also come from an eating disorder background. Mine was just a compulsive eating, binge eating, and okay. I, I tried to be bulimic. I even bought the syrup of Ipecac from the drugstore. I'm just very bad at throwing up. So uh, I, I binged and I held on to it, but for the past 37 years um, through a recovery program that I write about in my book, The Love Powered Diet, and and then uh, being vegan. It's all just been, yeah, I remember it very clearly, and I also know that if I were to completely go off the deep end and have no kind of inner connection whatsoever, I would go back to food. I'm not going to go pick up sailors. You know, it's just, it's my nature would be to go back to food, but for 37 years, there has been no need to do that, and I'm really yeah. grateful. And also grateful that we can be vegan, because oh, yeah. so many, you know, eating disorders counselors and people like that are like, "Oh, don't do that." It's like, no. When you know why you're doing it, you can do that. Absolutely. And can I tell you? And there's another thing as well, which which I think is worthy of mentioning. So, um, when you kind of recognize that you've been in a really dark space, one of the ways that you cope with that is by taking all the layers off literally taking the layers off like the layers of an onion and I did and I I I I got naked I got naked I went and did some life modeling and I had the time of my life I stripped away all of the things that made me just feel like I wanted to close myself in a dark room I took all my clothes off I sat I meditated and I tell you what I just had the most incredible time learning to love the skin that I was in. It was not not that I ever hated what my body was. I just, you know, it was just the control thing. But I learned to love me. And that's where I am right now. I am totally happy with who I am and definitely with where I am on my food journey. Oh, my word, I love my food. <laughs> Bless you. You. Oh, I need to get across that ocean and meet you in person. One of these two right lady. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about this optimistic environmentalist. You know, I have to say, I am around a lot of environmentalists, and a lot of them are just so like, well, we'll we'll do all we can. <laughs> but you're optimistic. Yeah. Tell, tell us yeah. why. So here's the thing, right? If it really does all go completely and utterly pear-shaped, and frankly, I too am, you know, my fingers on the pulse of the green news. I've got environmental scientists in my in my orbit, and I know what's coming. I tell you what you need right now. You need to learn how to make do and mend. You need to learn how to make bread. You need to learn how to make sprouts. You need to learn how to make food from lentils and beans and all the pulses and stuff that you can just create and harvest. You need to learn how to do some permaculture. And you can't do any of those things unless you're happy and enjoying them. I mean, you know, when you do that, it's it's amazing. And who do I want to be with? I want to be with other people that kind of have those skills and have that knowledge as well. So my remit is to is to positively infect as many people as I can with number one being cheerful 
And number two, you know, tackling this problem of the global crisis. It's an existential crisis. It's called that for a reason. We are going to have some really difficult times uh, in our, the next handful of years. You know, I'm coming up to 55 and the stuff that's going on right now, the extreme weather events over on your side of the world right now and in various other places, I thought I'd be seeing those a bit later in my life. Not now. And I just think it's all heading towards us. So do you know what? I don't want to be with miserable people. I'm going to be with the happy people, the happy people that know how to sprout beans. That's where I want yes. to be. You know, I think people are doing this. I needed to order some jars. My husband has taken to uh, drinking from jars. so We've yeah. broken a few and I needed more for storing the beans and the nuts. And it was almost impossible to find any ball jars or mason jars. I don't know if those are the brands you have in the UK, but canning yeah. jars. And finally, I called one of these companies and she said, there's been a run on them. Since COVID, <laughs> people have been canning. I mean, I didn't hear of people can after I was four years old. So I, I think something is happening. So maybe I, they're just listening to you. I think you're you. right. There's definitely a switch. I mean, over here, there's 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 always been a sort of a a lean towards uh, cooking, you know, there's tons of cooking programs and uh, lots of lots of stuff that kind of makes it all look quite complicated. There are nowhere near enough programs that look at plant-based food, if you ask me, nowhere near. Um, but it is changing with podcasts and video things and stuff on YouTube, like the guys from Bosch and, you know, there are lots of other people on there showing you how to make really simple, amazing food. And I thank all the gods for that. I really do. Because we need to just be inspired to create interesting stuff. You know, it's there's so much to explore. You know, the other day for breakfast, Simon will wake up in the morning and Simon will say, you know, what do you fancy for breakfast? Breakfast is never dull in this house. The other day we had, because it's Christmas time, you know, and over here we've got sprouts. Now, I don't know about you. I'm talking sprouts as in Brussels sprouts. I absolutely love my greens. I love all my greens. We had beans on toast and we had sprouts that I just cooked a little bit and then sliced them up and stir fried them in a little bit of garlic butter with some, with some other stuff. Had that on the side. We had some spring greens slid and, you know, chucked in there too. Um, on the top of it, I, we chucked, uh, we always have some uh, hemp, uh, hulled hemp, uh, some flaxseed, you know, sesame seeds, sunflower seeds, pumpkins, all that kind of stuff. Chuck that on the top. And seriously, your plate looks like something out of a restaurant. It mm. just looks amazing. Breakfast should never be dull. Never, it sounds ever wonderful. And beans on toast are so British. Oh, my gosh. Every oh, time I hear it? that, I'm <laughs> taken back to my, my first apartment in London when I was 18. So let's talk about what you came here to talk about. I could talk to you all day about beans on toast. But <laughs> word forest organization, why yeah. the word and what is it? Um, so it's called Word Forest because we um, plant trees, build schools, facilitate education and support women's empowerment over in rural Kenya. And uh, some of the education stuff we're doing is permaculture. So it's food based. We're trying to build in that food and water security for them because, you know what, people in the tropics are living on the front line of climate change. You know, all the things that we're struggling with over in 
both of our countries, respective countries, that's nothing compared to, to what they're uh, experiencing. They've got massive hikes in temperature, crops are not growing, massive drought for years and years and years, and then huge floods. It's chaos. It really is. And we need to look after people that are planting trees in the tropics because they grow up to 10 times faster there than anywhere else on the planet. So in terms of mitigating climate change, you know, they are the beasts. They are amazing. And we take we need to take care of the people that are taking care of the trees. So, yeah, Word Forest is four years old. In fact, we've spent most of today writing our report and accounts and it's quite exhausting. <laughs> and I've been looking forward to this all day long. So it's been my treat oh. at the end of a very long day. I'm so glad. Well, for everybody who wants to go to the website, as we all want to, that is word, W-O-R-D, forest.org, wordforest.org on um, Facebook and on Instagram. And, of course, we'll put all that in the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. So how how did you learn about this? Why did you pick Kenya? Um, weirdly, when Simon and I got married, we're both, you know, environmentalists. You'll find eco, you call me eco savvy. You're too right there. You know what? I, I need for nothing. My, all my clothes are secondhand. They all come from the charity shops, the thrift shops. I think you call them over there. Um, uh, I don't need stuff. We don't need stuff. And when we got married, our friend said, what do you want for your wedding? And we went, nothing. We don't want anything. We've got, I've just found the man of my dreams. I'm my soulmate. I need nothing. And they said, come on, you need to do stuff. And we said, but look, you know, plant us some trees in the tropics. And uh, I had a friend who was planting over in the tropics. He was, he had been planting all over the world. And he had this epiphany about tree planting. And he said, you know what? If we plant them in the tropics, they grow this much faster, 10 times faster. Therefore, it's just going to be the best thing for, you know, mitigating climate change. And additionally, all of the commodities from the forest are helping people to lift themselves out of poverty and hunger. You know what? What's not to like? So we had, wow. I don't know, I think it was 150 trees planted in the tropics. And that's kind of where it started, really. And then our love of focusing on that part of the world and trying to do some good by getting some more trees in the ground to help the entire planet really um, was, was set in stone at that point, really. Yeah. That was a decade ago. So for people who don't understand the relationship, uh, direct relationship between trees, um, the environment, climate change, are, are we talking about carbon sequestering? Explain to us why trees and these fast growing trees are so important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, trees anywhere are fantastic. But of course, they breathe in what we breathe out and and vice versa. You know, we're a we're a necessary team. We have to work together. Otherwise, there's just, you know, it's going to be time out. It really is going to be literally time out for all of us, all of us and creatures and species. It will just be we have to work together to live together and we have to put more trees in the ground. We actually had um, a documentary shot in our second year um, as a charity in 2019 and do you know what I by some weird mental crazy quirk of fate we managed to get Kate Winslet to narrate it and it's called trees are the key it's actually called hashtag trees are the key um, and you can see it for free if you jump on to treesarethekey.com watch that film see why those trees matter and see what we're doing. And, you know, you can see one of the classrooms that 
we managed to to get funded uh, it was opened while we were over there and you'll see the mothers of the forest these amazing women who are looking after the trees and see the positive impact of just getting some trees in the ground it's it's phenomenal i mean it, it really really is so yeah god i could talk about trees all night long and i want to squeeze another 10 topics in lady we're gonna have to do this all over again i can tell you now we're not gonna have anywhere near enough time <laughs> okay t- tell us how you got kate winslet Ah, well, so Kate Winslet was actually making a film in Lyme Regis. We live in this tiny little village uh, town called, not village, it's a town called Lyme Regis. And it's right on the Jurassic Coast, on the far south of the the UK. And she was here making a film about the world's first paleontologist, who is a lady called Mary Anning. And um, she was here with Saoirse Ronan making making a movie called Ammonite. Um, and actually, at the time that she was here, we were over in Kenya doing our monitoring and evaluation visits. We have to do an annual check to see that all is good and to make the plans of the next schools that we're going to we're going to build and all the rest. So we were over there doing that. And we had a, a trustee with us who came over as a, a self-funded volunteer to help us with for the month. We lived in the bush for the month, by the way. Being in the bush in the middle of Kenya, dead easy being vegan. It was great. Um, but anyway, when we came back, Ricky Austin, who's our ethics trustee, her husband was actually consulting to the film and helping Kate Winslet to um, understand fossils because he's one of the most uh, he's an eminent geologist for this area. And he was teaching her how to, you know, behave with fossils, how to find them, what to do with them. So they kind of had this sort of open door where they were connected for the time that she was here making the film. And um, uh, it was I think it was probably about six weeks that they were here in total. And Ricky got into conversation with Kate one day and said, you know, we've just got to the end of the editing of the film that we'd, uh, we'd, we'd made and we were getting ready to prepare for who was going to do the voiceover. And because she'd had this wonderful opportunity to explain to her how it is, what it's like in Kenya, you know, how it's it's just so incredibly simple and uh, it's really hard to imagine. It's really hard to explain, really, how a life of people who have nothing, who have everything, but really are on that front line of climate change, the tiny things that they need in order to improve their lives, um, we'd encapsulated in this film. And, and she said to Kate, you know, is there any chance you could narrate it and she basically said yeah (laughs) and it was amazing I mean we were just gobsmacked and I still am to this day Um, oh what what a beautiful story but and she is crazy about you I know she said in an interview just last week with Don O'Porter from the SAG-AFTRA foundation that the word forest organization is just the most wonderful charity very very small and utterly extraordinary (laughs) Do you know so, what? I swear to God, I still think you. I'm dreaming when I read and see and see and hear that. But it was just wonderful. She is a great environmentalist too, and we are blessed to have had that connection and that collaboration. It's it's brilliant. We we're a mm. tiny charity. We need to have people talk about what we do and bring new eyes to the work. So yeah, we were incredibly grateful for her mentioning us in that interview. It was grand. 
And I know that you, you have some uh, ethical range of organic cotton and vegan-friendly fundraising merchandise. Kate Winslet designed one of the T-shirts. She and did. So, uh, she did. She actually did. So trees are the key. Hashtag trees are the key is the thing I've always written when, we, when I do an article or a thing for the social media. I've always put hashtag trees are the key because they're the key to so much more than solving climate chaos. They really are. And um, so the film had to be called Trees of the Key. So when we were talking to her about whether she could maybe do us a T-shirt, I said if it could be based around Trees of the Key. And she did this brilliant, brilliant hand-painted design saying Trees are the Key. And it's one of our celebrity shirts. Yeah, so it's it's in our shop. Again, it's another pinch myself moment. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm just completely thrilled that she did it. It was so kind of her. Oh, that's wonderful. So that is all at wordforest.org slash shop. Um, yeah, so it's okay to buy new stuff if it's for charity, right? Do you know what? The only clothes I buy, and I mean this, the only clothes I buy, absolutely, are from the charity shop. And that's, that's we haven't, I haven't bought anything in the last year. But if I buy anything new, it's organic cotton and vegan friendly. That's it. That's it. Yeah. What else yeah. do we need? We need vegan things in our wardrobe that last us a good long time you know i'm i'm happy with simple green living you my life is filled with the joys of simple things you don't you do get an 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 endorphin buzz from buying shopping but you know what it's tiny and short-lived get away from that pull back from a consumerist lifestyle live simple eat great food be at peace with yourself and your body and your entire world will change color. It just will, you know, and that's a long journey. I know it, it, it is a long journey. It took me a long time to find who I am, but oh boy, am I happy with who I am now. Oh, that's so beautiful, Tracy. And I think a lot of young people are finding it really early, maybe because the state of the world. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right there. It's a beautiful thing. Well, this has been so uplifting, so enlightening. So everybody, please check out wordforest.org. Find them on social media. Get yourself a Kate Winslet design (laughs) t-shirt. And also remember our first guest, Eric Castro from uh, How to Be Vegan in the Hood. And thanks to both of our guests, thanks to Unity Online Radio, and most of all, thanks to you, our wonderful listeners, vegans, pre-vegans, Unity people, whoever is happening by. Bless your heart and eat your veggies and plant some trees and love your body and love the rest of the beings on this planet and you know after that i think we've got it all taken care of bye you know what? amen to that victoria amen to that lady thank you Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. 
On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the Mind Body Spirit. .fm podcast network